0: Take your Bibles this morning, please, and find for me the Gospel of Luke chapter 19. We'll be there in just a few moments. You'll remember from last week, as we were seeking to clearly define and prepare ourselves to making the tip of the spear, the point of the spear, the main thing in our church family. And that tip of the spear, the point of the spear being bringing people who do not know the Lord or unchurched into the body of Christ. That's, that's who we're all about. That's what we're here to do. And so you remember, Derek mentioned last week that we wanted to start out with what we called an awareness initiative. And that's where we are uh, today. That's the first step on this four-step journey to get us prepared for what God wants us to do in making, seeking, and saving the lost such a keen element of who we are. Now, Tony just read a passage from Luke 19, verse 10, just a moment ago. And it said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This is probably one of the, uh, the most often quoted passages about Jesus and why he came. It sums up his destiny, his reason for coming uh, to earth and his leaving his majesty in heaven to come and to become a man and to be the sacrifice for the sins of all mankind. And this seeking and saving, it has to do with you and I. Because this is why He came, to seek and to save us, that so we might come to faith in Him and be part of His family. What we often forget is the setting. The setting for that 10th verse. And the setting is actually Zacchaeus and his encounter with Zacchaeus. You maybe remember this fellow if you grew up in Sunday school, many of you did, and singing that song about Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. Some of you now know that song. Well, this is the setting. When Jesus said, the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save that which is lost, the setting of that was his coming to bring Zacchaeus to himself. He was responding to Zacchaeus and what all was engaged there. So let's read this passage beginning with verse 1. And let's listen to Holy Spirit. What he is speaking into our hearts here today. Luke chapter 19 verse 1. Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they who, that's all the crowd, all those who were lining the streets to see Jesus. When they saw it, they complained saying, He has gone to be a guest of a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Pray with me. Holy Spirit, we come to you because it is you who so very carefully protected this event. You who very carefully put it in Dr. Luke's mind, word for word, to put it down in his gospel. And you looked over this Word for all of these years, protecting it and keeping it absolutely pure. And now we have it today as the very words of Almighty God spoken to our heart. So Holy Spirit, open the heart of heaven as we open our hearts to receive your Word. To that end we pray in Christ's name, Amen. There are some of the folks, when you look at them, you say they have gotten, everything that you could imagine to have. They have all the possessions this world has to offer. They're successful. And maybe there's even been just a little bit of jealousy in your voice as you said that and as you looked that way. Zacchaeus was one of these people. He was one of these people. He had it all. He was a rich man. He had position. He had power. And I'm sure there were a lot of people there in Jericho that would have loved to have his riches and his power. But... Zacchaeus was despised. All the good folks in town, all the righteous people in town, all the church folks, if you please, in town, looked down their nose at him. He was a sinner. He was an outcast. Why? He was a tax collector. He had sold his soul to Rome to gather taxes. Now let me tell you how that works. Tax collectors, it was a job that went to the highest bidder of how much of the tax on the whole population could you put into Rome's coffers. And the one who bid the most got the job as long as he kept it, as long as he kept the coffers of Rome's taxes filled. Now, once he had charged that tax, he could charge anything else he wanted to. He could lie in his own pockets with anything else that was there. He was free to do that. So if Rome wanted 5%, if he charged 10 nobody was going to stop him, and the other 5 went in his pocket. Okay? And this is why one of the reasons why they were notoriously rich, but they were also notoriously hated. They were considered a traitor. They weren't even allowed to worship in the synagogues, let alone go to the temple, because they were considered the absolute scum of the earth. But I want you to know it was not what Zacchaeus had that was so very important on this day. It was what Zacchaeus lacked that was so important. You see, he had learned what a lot of people have learned who seem like they have it all, that that once you get it all, you wonder, is this it? Uh, Read read through the the, the incredible book of Ecclesiastes sometimes. Solomon writes that, and he has it all. He has all the power, all the property, all the money and possessions. He has everything that a man could ever desire, and he says, is that it? That's just vapor. It just goes away. Zacchaeus understood how rich he was, but he also understood there was something deeply missing in his life. Deeply missing in his life. That was the key. Some of you here today, you've got it made by many of the world's standards. But you also know there's something missing. There's something that my money could not buy. I want you to know something today. Jesus is searching for you. He's searching for you. He's seeking you and he wants you to seek him out. Because that which you're missing is found in his heart. And he wants you to know that today. Three things I want you to see. First of all, I want you to see a seeking sinner. That's in your notes, filled in that blank. A seeking sinner. This is Zacchaeus. He was a man of prominence. He was a man of position. He he worked for Rome. And he was not just an ordinary tax collector, which would have made him rich anyway. He was a chief tax collector. What's that mean? That means he had a whole district full of other tax collectors that reported to him, and he got a piece of their pie. So he wasn't just a tax collector. He was a chief tax collector. He had made his way up, and this is why he was so very, very rich, and why he was also so very, very powerful. Many people walked in fear of this little bitty man. There's a lot of people in this world that feel like they've got all the success by the world's standards, but there's something missing. They may drown it in alcohol. They may put it in a fog of drugs. They may put it in a shallow grave of bravado and all kinds of tough talk. But when it comes right down to it, they know there's something desperately missing out of all the things that the world can offer you. When that truth sounds within the human heart, it sounds louder than a blast of 10,000 trumpets. Those who really care and want to find out what they're missing will find their way to come to Jesus. The The Bible says that he sought to see Jesus. This man had a desire to see the Lord. God is very well maybe have birthed in your heart even today a deep desire to come close to be with God, to find out what it is to be a believer in Christ, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to surrender your life and have Him fully filled your heart. This this feeling is birthed in your heart by Holy Spirit and it's there by His great design. Zacchaeus understood that he wanted to see Jesus, but he was desperate. He had to take desperate measures in order to see the Lord that day. And it was worth the price. You see, before this little man could get to Jesus, he had two great obstacles he had to overcome. First of all was the crowd. The Bible tells us that that people had pressed in to see Jesus. They always did. Regardless of where he went, once the word came out that he he was there, they began to press in, get tighter and tighter and tighter like sardines in a can, you just couldn't get between them. And here, Zacchaeus was pushed out in the back of the crowd. I mean, because he was so greatly hated, nobody would say, Oh, come on, Zacchaeus, get up here. You can stand in front of me and I can see over your head. No. There wasn't even that kind of an attitude conciliatory towards this man. He was despised and hated. And it may not be that all of the people in that crowd despised him and were intentionally keeping him out. It could be that they were there looking out for their own spiritual needs. They were there, they were good folks. And they wanted to come see where Jesus was, and they wanted to come see what Jesus was doing. And they wanted to be a part of what was going on, very much like church folks are today. They want to be where Jesus is. They want to see what Jesus is doing. They want to be a part of what he is up to. We're like that here today. And the thing is, they were absolutely mindless of the fact that there was somebody behind them that also was longing to see Jesus, but couldn't see Jesus because all he could see was the backs of God's people. If somebody seeking Jesus came in that door right by there, right now, what would they see? They would see the backs of God's people right here. In our church. We don't want anyone who's seeking after Jesus to see the backs of God's people. We want them to see their face. We want them to see the joy of the Lord in our lives. We want to see the welcome that's on our face. These people, not they might not have intentionally been being mean. They were being unaware. Oblivious. That there was a seeking soul behind them. This is why I'm calling this the awareness initiative, folks. Many of us, once we've come to faith in Christ, we have so escaped the old way of life and so stepped out and away from those old friends and the things we were doing. We have gathered Christian friends around us and immersed ourselves in the Christian life and we find ourselves insulated from the lost world around us. And many times unaware of the people right behind us that are desperately seeking Jesus. But rather than getting help from us, they're only looking at the backs of God's people. Can you sit on that for a minute and ask God, God could this be me? Could I be one of these? Holy Spirit will let you know. Holy Spirit will let you know. Now, Now some folks, they stay away from church because They've got got a friend that that doesn't have anything to do with church. And they've aligned themselves with their friend. Look, don't let a friend keep you out of heaven. There are some who know some believers that are backslidden and away from God, and they're just as mean as any lost person ever was. Listen. Don't let a, a, a backslidden Christian send you to hell, friends. This is serious. Look beyond those who have fallen to those who are seeking to live God's way right. Hear this. See his, his persistence. He had to get around the crowd, but he also had to get around the fact that he was small. He was short. He was little. Nobody was making him any room right there. But he knew how, where the road went. He knew where this pathway was going. And so he did something very, very undignified. Two things that by themselves would have caused people to laugh at him and ridicule him. First of all, he ran. A man of his stature, I'm not talking about height, I'm talking about his power in the community. A man of his stature didn't run, people ran to him. He commanded those to come. But here you see him doing something very, very undignified. He pulled up the hem of his robe and hit a trot to get ahead of the crowd. Very undignified. Very undignified. But then, he climbed a tree. That's something kids do. Kids climb a tree to see Jesus. But a dignified man like Zacchaeus, climbing a tree... He'd be the laughing stock of the whole city. Did he care? Uh-uh. Why? He was desperate to find what was missing in his life. He was desperate to see Jesus. Folks, that desperation is born of Holy Spirit. That's something He's put in the heart of a person who has not come to faith in Him yet. And that that yawning, that desire, that magnetism, that pull, that that whatever I've got to do, I've got to find a way to fill this this emptiness in me and get rid of the guilt that is in me. That desperation is God-given, folks. That's Holy Spirit born. It's called conviction. And it's how He's working in your heart here today today. He was desperate. He was not going to let his size stop him there for a moment. That's the seeking sinner. Now look with me for a moment at the seeking Savior. Yeah, the seeking Savior. There was more than just one pe- person seeking that day. Zacchaeus was seeking to see Jesus. But we know from the very tense of the word and how this, the, the sentence structure is here that Jesus was seeking Zacchaeus. He came there looking for certain people. He found all kinds of folks. Before he ever came into town, one of those people he'd already found. His name was Bartimaeus. And he was a blind beggar. Useless to society. Someone you kicked aside, get him out of of the way, you know. He's an embarrassment. But he cried out to Jesus, have mercy. Jesus came looking for Bartimaeus and found him. History and tradition tells us Bartimaeus became a pillar of the early church. But he also came there looking for somebody else. He came looking for a wee little man he was not going to find easy in the crowd. He was looking for a man that he knew the Holy Spirit was already working in his life. Jesus came looking for Nicodemus, for for Zacchaeus. And Jesus saw Zacchaeus, listen to me, because Jesus was looking for, For Zacchaeus. He was looking for somebody who desperately needed him. Listen to me today. Jesus is here looking for people in this auditorium today that know in the depths of their heart they desperately are in need of a relationship with Jesus Christ. I want you to know, you might have come just to check things out today. You might have come to meet with a friend or to be with family or traveling through town and decided to check us out. That might have been your reason for being here. But listen, Holy Spirit knows those who are desperate to come to have their deepest need met in Christ. And let me tell you something. He knows how to do that. I remember the day I realized my desperation. I remember the day that everything within me cried out, I am not satisfied with what life has to give me. I believe there's more, and I just heard a message that I can't refuse. And I did what you're going to have an opportunity to do in just a little bit. I came down to an altar and I knelt, and I had somebody help me understand what it was to ask Jesus to come into my heart and be the boss in my life. I remember that day very clearly. But that happened because Jesus was looking for Fred Lodge. This day he walks into Jericho, and there's a lot of people he's looking for, but one of them has the name of Zacchaeus, and he's looking for it. His eyes are in the crowds, looking and panning. He's here somewhere, Father, I know he is. Holy Spirit, you've got to help me see him. He's out there somewhere, and he looked, and the tense of the verb, he looked up. Well, there he is. Up in the tree with them kids. He saw him because he was looking for him. Listen, folks. Many times we don't see lost people because we're not looking for them. Oh, that Holy Spirit would give us the eyes of Christ. Oh, that Holy Spirit would give us the vision of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, when he looked at the crowds... He was moved with compassion. Heartache. Did him in. Because he saw what life could be in their lives if they were sold out to him. Oh, that God would give us eyes like Jesus to see. When he saw him, he called to him. He called to him and said, you've got to come down, you've got to make haste. Come on down. Now, here's what I want you to know. This was not Jesus' first time to walk through Jericho. This was probably not the first time that Zacchaeus knew he was coming. It was Zacchaeus' business to know who traveled those roads because he taxed them as they traveled. It was the Roman road tax. And as people were coming through town, people strangers that didn't live there, as they were making their way through town, Zacchaeus was there to tax them for using the Roman roads. Now, Jesus had probably never paid that tax. Judas was the one who probably paid it. But every time he'd made his way through, Jerusalem, uh, through Jericho on his way to Jerusalem, Zacchaeus had taxed that band of disciples. He knew about that. He knew about him. But what Jesus knew that Zacchaeus didn't know was this was Jesus' last trip through Jericho. Because as he came through this time and started making his way up the mountains to Jerusalem, he was going to a cross. He was going to be arrested and beaten. Nailed to a cross and killed. This was the last chance Zacchaeus was going to have. And that's why Jesus was looking for him. So clearly longing and, and gazing to find him. Because this was Zacchaeus' last chance. Folks, we don't know what, Lord, what life's going to bring us. We don't know what kind of news we're going to get next week. We're going to not, not know anything about what next week's going to bring. This may be your last chance to sit in a church like this and hear a gospel message like this. We don't know. Jesus knew. That this would be Zacchaeus' last opportunity. And if he didn't make a big decision on that day, his eternity would be different. And it's still an urgent call today. An urgent call. Because there is a seeking Savior, and He's in the house today. But look with me for a moment. At this spectacular salvation. That's the third point in, your, message, in your, your outline. This spectacular salvation. Did Zacchaeus get saved? Absolutely. How do we know? Three very significant things he did. First of all, we see his obedience. Boy, you think he climbed up that tree in a hurry. You should have seen him come down. Make haste! Zacchaeus. And he did. He made haste to get down. He might have even swung down and dropped to the ground. I don't know. But he got out of there in a hurry, his obedience. Second of all, his open heart. When he hit the ground, his heart was open. How long had it been since any Jew had looked at him and said, Can, can, can we spend a little time together? No good law-abiding people would want to spend time with kid. He was gutter scum. He's what you wipe off the bottom of your feet. And here, not just a Jew, but the prophet, the man who'd who'd been all over Galilee and all over Judea healing the sick, called him by name and said, Zacchaeus, I'm going home with you today. He's saying that to some of you here today. I want to go home with you today. I want to go home in your heart. I want to go home as your Lord and your Savior. I want you to leave your sins and your burdens at the altar and go home with me alive in your heart. And finally, we see his obvious joy. It says that, that he was overjoyed. He made a confession. He said, Lord, I've, 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 I got to where I am because I've cheated people. But anybody, if, I, if I've overtaxed anybody, I'm giving them the money back. I've got the records back at the house. And if I have done anything immoral, illegal, I'm going to restore four times what I took away. You know, the law of Moses required restoring two times. He went over the top. He said four times whatever I owe back. you know know salvation has come to his house because of a change in heart. And I tell you what, when a person is really saved, they don't have any problem with their finances either. Because God's got their heart. And they're no longer going to let money rule their heart. Here's how we find him. Zacchaeus went out on a limb to find Jesus. Jesus went purposely looking for Zacchaeus. Here's the question I have for you today. Will you go out on a limb to see somebody that Jesus wants to save? Pick up your bulletin for a moment and look inside that bulletin and you're going to see a card that looks like this. Will you get it out? Look in your bulletin and and take this out. I call this my who card. All right? Who do you know? I want you to ask, Holy Spirit, bring to my mind, not not your mind, but I want Holy Spirit to bring to your mind, somebody that is lost or unchurched, that He wants to put on your heart, that He wants to give you a prayer burden for. Now look, I'm not talking about your cousin out in Arizona somewhere, okay? We're going to pray with you that God will raise up somebody that will bring them to faith in Christ. I'm talking about somebody in your sphere of influence, someone that you pass elbows with on a regular basis in your neighborhood, somewhere you work with, somebody you go to school with, whatever the case may be. Holy Spirit, who is it that in my sphere of influence you want me to claim for your kingdom? Who is it you want me? Right right here now, Right, right right, here in our neighborhood, right here in our city, right here in our county. Holy Spirit, who do you want me to put your name on this card? And what am I going to do with Let me tell you what you're going to do with this. You're going to take that home with you. I don't want it. That's between you and God. I want you to take this to wherever you do your daily devotions. Have it in your Bible. Tape it up there on top of where your Bible stays. Whatever, wherever you have your quiet time with God every day. That's where I want you to put this because every day I want you praying for the person Holy Spirit says put their name right here. Can you do that? You say, well, Brother Fred I'm embarrassed to say this but I don't know anybody that's lost or unchurched. All, all, all my friends all, all, everybody I know everybody I associate with They're they're, they're believers in Christ or they go to church somewhere. Listen to me. Don't be embarrassed about that. Be convicted by Holy Spirit about that. Because He wants you to have a name. Take this blank card home and put it wherever you do your daily devotions. And you don't stop praying until God gives you the name of the person He wants you to have on this card. See, this is all, all about us being obedient to God. We want to put the tip of our spear reaching lost and unsearched people for Jesus. Hey, it's, it's not about schedule changes. It's not about any... It's about reaching lost and unsearched people for Jesus. That's the why. Don't forget the why. The what is not as important as the why. This is the why. The person He wants us to claim by prayer that He could reach and love into the kingdom and This is where we all work together. This is where we all work together. So this is your assignment. Take this card home. Maybe right now you know who that is. If so, and Holy Spirit tells you, put your name right there. If you don't know, take it home blank. That's okay. But I want you to have this as your prayer concern for the week. If we're not aware, if we're not seeing through the eyes of Jesus, if we don't look out at the crowd and have compassion with them, longing for them to come to faith in Jesus Christ... Why do you think they would ever want to show up here? They wouldn't. And they won't. But if we're praying for them, they don't even know it. Holy Spirit does some phenomenal things in prayer. Here's where we start with the awareness. In just a few moments, Ed's going to come and lead us in an invitation song i got a lot of you who are prayer warriors. If you feel so led, I want you to come to the altar and just be praying. Some of you already know who needs to be on this card. Or maybe you're burdened because it's blank. I going to invite you to come to the altar and just pray over this. Some of you are looking for a church home and maybe Holy Spirit has put it on your heart that this is the place you want to do. But listen to me very carefully. Some of you don't know Jesus in a personal way. You know about Him. But you don't know Him. And maybe today, you know, you're keenly aware that Jesus is searching for you. He's seeking you to where you can find Him and He can find you. I want to pray with you right now. Everybody bow your heads. But I want to pray specifically with you because you have heard how much Jesus cares and how He's searching for you today. If you want Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior, if you're ready to come down out of that tree and take whatever steps are necessary to have your sins forgiven and your life transformed, pray with me right now. Just pray in the depths of your hearts. You don't have to shout it out loud, but pray with me now. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm seeking you and I dare to believe you're seeking me. I confess my sins to you. I dare to believe that when you died on the cross, it was to take my sins upon yourself. And when you rose again, it was so that I could have your eternal life. So come into my heart. Be my boss and my savior. I need your love. I need your direction. I need your hope. I need your purpose in life. I give myself to you. Father, I know on the authority of your word that you've never refused an earnest prayer like that. And there are some here even today that have prayed along with me. Prayed to you, but along with me. Just borrowed my words. And they've shared their heart with you and they've said, I want to be your child. Lord, as we sing in the next few moments, will you encourage them to come? Come and just take one of our our ministers here by the hand and just say, I prayed with the pastor. Jesus is my Savior. Just You feel free to come. Others are going to come to pray. Others are going to come joining our fellowship. This is time to do business with you, Lord. Draw your net over us. Tug our hearts. This is your time. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.